the glove compartment. Bloody squadron. What's going on, guys? Coming back after quite the long hiatus. I think it's been over. I'm ashamed to say it's been over two months since I've been back doing the uh, the podcast. But welcome back to what was I talking about? As usual, we're uh, hitting some NFL news first. But before we get to that, you know, it's crazy, crazy time going on right now in the world. Just hope everybody's staying safe. Everybody's inside. Uh, and, you know, keeping to yourself. It's crazy. I mean, uh, in the sports world, which is, you know, what we've focused on for the most part, we have had, you know, a total 180 in our routine. I, I have no idea what my, to do with myself between the hours of 5 and 10 o'clock at night. With no sports on, uh, you know, as NBA and NHL, there's a very good possibility that those seasons just get canceled. We also have um, baseball, which is being the start delayed. And, you know, every minor league team, uh, European team, uh, other than Korean baseball, looks like it's going to start up again. So that's even though it's far, it, it is a little bit of a positive, uh, positive note in all of this. Uh, I actually spent the last hour and a half watching hockey live in Belarus. So that was something. It was something. It was better than nothing. It's a change up. But um, the one piece of normal. And as I said, guys, I hope everybody's everybody's doing good. Everybody's trying to stay sane, stay clean, stay healthy. But uh, we'll, we'll be figuring out something to do because just as bored as you guys are, I'm, I'm the same. I'm sitting here in my room doing this for the first time in two months because I got more time on my hands than I know what to do with. But the one bit of normalcy that we've seen in the sports world you know, over the past two weeks, since coronavirus has kind of taken the world by storm, has been NFL free agency. And before this podcast takes another shape or form for the next couple months, while we're all trapped in and there's no sports going on, I'm um, thinking maybe doing some movie reviews, talking about... Yeah, Honestly, I have no idea what the hell I'm going to talk about, but I plan on doing this, you know, once, maybe even a couple times a week. But before we even have to make that pivot, we have... What seems to be one last, one last grasp at uh, at normalcy with the NFL, and uh, as the CBA was signed earlier this week, it flowed right into the legal tampering period, and it's been quite a, it's been quite an exciting. Uh, I'm doing air quotes. Legal tampering period, still the most ridiculous oxymoron of a name ever. But free agency has unofficially begun, and it's been one of the wildest NFL free agencies in a long time. I can't remember the last time that this many quarterbacks moved around, especially without the draft being had yet, um, or even with for, for non-draft pick compensation, uh, just free agency moves. And it's it's been fascinating. There's tons of stuff to talk about, um, and we're going to get right into it. Uh, first and foremost, I think everybody knows the biggest news in the NFL is Tom Brady. So tons of elements to that. The biggest one, of course, is you know Tom Brady is no longer going to be in a New England jersey for the first time in his career, his long, long career. He will be suiting up for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, heading down to Florida. Uh, he'll play playing next to a pirate ship, which is always exciting. But there are so many elements of this story that are you know absolutely fascinating. He... This is really a Brady Belichick let's face off and kind of not that they'll be playing directly, but you know, let's Brady is going to show everybody that Belichick wasn't the reason they had all the success. And now Belichick has his opportunity, you know, to prove the same thing that he never really needed Brady. And as my, my, my personal take is Belichick's going to come out of this looking a lot better than Tom Brady is, but you never know. Um, it's really interesting to see what will happen. The biggest question mark left right now, I think, is who's going to be the Patriots' next quarterback? Uh, I'm blanking on their backup, but I know he's talked about in New England with a little bit of uh, – he's a young guy, talked about with, in a little bit. You know, Belichick has had a way of – you know, Brissett went on to be a starter, although it wasn't. It was only a last of the season. Garoppolo was a Brady backup. We see what he's doing. Super Bowl trip this past year in his second year as a starter, although he's a little bit older. But where is Belichick going to go for their next quarterback? Because there are some guys left on the left on the board, and Cam Newton and Jameis Winston. Those are legitimate. Well, Cam Newton is a legitimate NFL starter, former MVP winner. Uh, not the kind of guy you'd normally think Belichick would go for. Uh, you know, he likes those guys that you know kind of fall in line, do do the least, but their job. You know, not trying to make plays on their own. So 
you have Cam and Jameis who have a history of not you know fitting into that model uh, one more than the other, obviously, needless to say. But we'll be interested to see if he takes a run at one of those guys. I, for some reason, don't think he will. I have no idea where he's going to go. He's Bill Belichick. He's a million times smarter than I am. So what, what can we really even guess at? But it's going to be fascinating to see where that happens. And I don't believe they play this year, but it'll be interesting to watch this season's correlate. I mean, we know New England is going to be a good all-around team regardless. Um, even without the – if they'll get a running back in the second round or something and pound the ball all season and then be, you know, 10 and ten and 6 with, you know, Ryan Tannehill level numbers in, in the passing game. But whatever gets the job done, and I have to imagine Belichick will get that job done. But – it remains to be seen, uh, and there are a lot of questions in New England for sure. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but I kind of thought in the end this was all a, a posturing move for more money for Brady, not that he needs it, but he did earn it. He deserves it. Um, in the world we're talking about, he deserves it. Uh, he does. He's never been paid like the top quarterback in the league, even though he's been, you know, he's brought as much success as anybody in the history of sports, except for Bill Russell. So... It's going to be fascinating to see how that split works. Uh, we're, I'm sure we're going to circle back to this nine times, but I'm going to kind of run through the QB market first, and then you know we got some crazy offensive moves with some wide receivers getting moved around, a couple couple deals, and some defensive moves, and then kind of just talk about some teams that I thought have you know improved the most going into the draft, and some teams that you know either really did nothing or did moves that really hurt their team. So bouncing off Tom Brady, the next most interesting quarterback. Uh, well, there's a couple of them now, and the Nick Foles news bro- just broke, but we'll get to that in a second. Teddy Bridgewater goes to the Panthers. Three years, $36 million. That is another one that's very, very interesting to me. I have been a long time since this whole thing had started, since we started hearing the rumors of, you know, Kyle Allen's going to stay, Cam Newton's done for the year, they're going to sit him down. I have thought this was crazy. You know, I I think Cam Newton... Under the right circumstances, I, you know, he's not, I mean, he is a former MVP. Uh, it's not like I'm, I'm going out on a limb or anything. He is not, he's not somebody you want to put the ball in his hands and say, go win the game on your own, because we've seen what happens with that. It's, it's, it's turnover prone. It's, it's just, it's not the way they run. It's not the way he works. But in a system where he fits, I just or in a system where he's not asked to do too much, he is so unbelievably talented and so versatile. Even though he's getting a little older, there's nothing Cam Newton can't do. You know, he he is an all-around. He, he's he's just he's he's shown us. And I know it was a couple years ago, and he's been down since then. But I find it impossibly hard to believe that if you didn't build the right team around him and you went in with the right offensive scheme. I just I, I find it hard to believe that he, he couldn't succeed. But that being said, obviously the Panthers, Matt Rule, fresh head coach, you know, maybe he wants to bring in his own guy. Maybe he's seen what he needs to see from Cam Newton and he knows he's it's not what he's looking for. Either way, I'm a big you know, I think a lot of people in this area are big Matt Rule guys coming from Temple. He's the last time Temple had any any real force in uh, college football was, you know, uh, half a decade ago with Matt Rule. And he's bounced around a lot. I used to listen to him on uh, on the morning shows on 97.5. He'd call in every week or so. And uh, he always seemed like a great dude. So I'm definitely rooting for Matt Rule. But he makes a move to, you know, move on from Cam Newton and brings in Bridgewater for, you know, a pretty reasonable deal. Uh, three years, 36 millions. And they tweeted out that uh, the Panthers have are allowing trade t- Cam Newton to go seek a trade as if that was what he wanted. He, he made it very clear in, on Instagram that uh you know this is not what he wants he loves the panthers he wanted to be a panther his whole life but that's just not how it worked and he's ready for the next thing so we'll see where that goes he's still in contract so he has to be traded i would think that the panthers would be willing to you know deal him for anything to get him somewhere to succeed you know i don't think there's actual bad blood between the the the, the player and the franchises but you never uh it's never it's never an amicable amicable break like that when you bring in another guy like that, but uh, on the Bridgewater side, um, it'll be really, really interesting. We've seen spurts of Bridgewater look pretty good in the Saints on the Saints, but the Saints have that high-powered offense. You know, it's hard to not look good. But uh, 
can't take that away from him. He he's shown up when he needed to. Breeze went down for a while this past season, and you know he held it. He held it in. He I think he was almost undefeated. He was either undefeated or like six and one. Uh, but it just he he showed what he needed to to get his shot as a starting quarterback. And you know we knew there was going to be some teams this year looking for starting quarterbacks. Ted Bridgewater was a guy that for me was on a bubble whether he was going to you know get that job and. Yeah, he, he definitely earned it, and uh, it'll be interesting to see how that offense comes back because, you know, Bridgewater isn't – it's not like he's a, a 180 from Cam Newton as far as style of play. He's not going to be able to throw those pinpoint passes all of a sudden, which you were, you know, already missing from Cam Newton. He is mobile. Uh, Cam Newton was also mobile. Cam Newton built like a tight end, though. Teddy Bridgewater is not um, – but Teddy Bridgewater also, I'm sure, is not going to be as mobile as he has in the past. You know, with his leg injury, he's got to be smart. I'm sure, you know, investing a three-year contract in him, the Panthers will be trying to be as careful as possible, even though it's not too much of a big contract. Three years, $36 million, you know, $12 million per. That's not crazy. That's actually, you know, it gives you an opportunity to try to build the rest of your team. If they can get rid of that Cam Newton contract without cutting him or anything, it gives you a chance to build the rest of your team the defense, the O-line more and more because you you don't have – I mean, that's $25 million you're saving a year at quarterback if your quarterback making $12 million a year. Um, you see it with the rookie quarterbacks, but if you could buy, bring in a guy like Teddy Bridgewater on that contract with some experience and, you know, almost the same potential as, you know, a first-round, second-round guy because, I mean, he was a first-round, second-round guy coming out of college. We never got that chance to see him because of the leg injury, the gruesome leg injury. Thought maybe he'd never play again. You know, comes back, shows what he did against the Saints, and that was you know enough to get him a starting job, and it was enough to impress a lot of people, fans, and around the league. So he does kind of have that potential. He's never squashed that that mystique of the first, second round pick. He still has that, but uh, instead he has actual experience, whether it be just sitting on the bench or the six, seven games he played for the Saints last year. He has some NFL experience, and to be able to get that with $12 million a year, essentially like a rookie contract type deal, that's that's pretty huge, and uh, we'll see what the uh, the Panthers can do with it. I don't know. They didn't make any other staggering moves, but plenty of time to go. Plenty of, We got the draft to go. Tons of stuff can happen between now and then, and I mean, the Panthers are no, you know, they look good with Kyle Allen for a stretch there, like they might make the playoffs, but uh, they, and you know, I, I would assume Teddy Bridgewater is a step up from Kyle Allen. That's just me. Who knows? Maybe they're trying to. I, I don't know what what their plan is, but uh, I I put put some trust in Matt Rule to have that figured out. And I think uh, giving Teddy Bridgewater a shot is absolutely a great move. Uh, moving on, Philip Rivers. This was uh, not a shocker. Uh, we, we heard Tampa Bay because he moved to Florida, um, but Teddy. Or, I'm sorry. Um, Philip Rivers signs a one-year, $25 million deal with the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, obviously, I'm, I've always been a big Philip Rivers guy. Not that I, uh, you know, I just think he had the team early in his career with LaDainian Tomlinson and uh, all that, 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 and Antonio Gates. And since then, I mean, the, the, the Chargers seem like one of, personally, as far as the ownership stuff and everything, the Chargers seem like one of the cheapest teams ever. We had the whole thing with Bosa was the last draft pick to report that year because they wouldn't pay him, even though, I mean, he's Joey Bosa. We knew coming out of college what he was. There was no reason not to pay the kid. Um, just some stuff like that, you know, you hear more and more. Kind of always felt bad for Rivers. Uh, and I, for me, he's always super talented. Um, and he was put in a position where he had to do more. He had to try to be excellent because he never had, well, he hadn't had in so long a team around him, at least on the offensive side. And we saw a little bit of a run game this year, but we'll see what he can do. Not that uh, the Colts are in an amazing position offensively, but Brissett looked good with them for a couple weeks last year before he started to downturn. I mean, if you can give me peak Brissett, if you can give me better than what was peak Brissett, that's a strong chance to make the playoffs. Um, it's absolutely an upgrade. I, I think it's a good move. It's a one-year deal. You know, worst-case scenario, it goes terribly. You know, he gets hurt or something because he's an older guy, or or it just goes terribly. And it's a one-year deal. You have no liability for the next year and possible tank for the draft next year. So I think that's a good move. Uh, 
it's kind of like a uh, move. Like I don't think it puts, I don't think it puts Rivers in a great position, but it's it's a place to play and it's a it's a legitimate team. It's not you know he's not going to play for Miami or something. Um, although we'll get to Miami in, in a bit because they're very exciting this next season. So maybe that wasn't the the good example um, to give you guys, but it doesn't put the Colts in a position to strike either for a real Super Bowl in my opinion. But it definitely improves from all sides around. I, I think, uh, you know, Philip Rivers is kind of transitioning into retirement. It seems like I think I believe he moved his family to far, Florida, so he'll be closer to there, obviously, than San Diego. But all in all, I I, I just think it was a it was a good move, and I, I say it like I'm specifying good, not great. It was a a above average, but not very much move. Um, and then. We have the other, I would say this is the last big, well, we got two more. We have the Foles trade and we have the Mariota move. Um, Mariota to the Raiders. That's really interesting to me. I mean, we knew kind of John Gruden. He never was a, he was never a Derek Carr guy. Like from the jump, it seemed seemed that he was not not super in on Derek Carr for whatever reason. Uh, Derek Carr had that great first season or two and then never really got back to uh, peak form. He had that back injury, you know, he kind of, which scares me with the Wentz whole situation because it's eerily similar, but Wentz has come back and looked good, better than Carr did at the end of last season. But Carr, you know, Gruden was never a fan for whatever reason. He's he's just not, uh, not what he was looking for, so they make the move for Mariota. And Mariota, I mean, he got, got replaced by Ryan Tannehill this year, and he's, uh, He's not the typical Raiders guy who can throw the ball all the way down the field. He's a freak athlete. We know this, but he's very unrefined and had a, and he's had a lot of time to work on his game, like as a starter with with a pretty long leash, and he never really seemed to take that next step. So you know, maybe a change of location, a change of scenery, it could definitely be something that helps Mariota. But I wouldn't count on it too much, and I don't know what Derek Carr's situation. I imagine they'll hold on to Derek Carr, although. I think he's I, – I just can't imagine – I'm not sure what Derek Carr's contract situation looks like, but I can't imagine they'll be able to get rid of that if it's a full – I don't think anybody's taking Derek Carr at 30, 25 plus million dollars a year. I'm looking it up right now. And it's asking me – I accept terms of service. Oh, man, it's really – yeah, so he's got two more seasons – with their under contract with the Raiders at twenty million dollars a year, so that's a reasonable price. I can see, I can see somebody, uh, you know, the Raiders are like, here, take the second and take Cars, you know, whoever's tanking this next year, you know, to, here's the second and take Cars contract for us for a year or two. So I, I could see them maybe getting rid of him, but uh, it's it's a it'll be an interesting dynamic between the two of them. I think the Raiders are most definitely done with Carr as any type of starter, as any type of candidate to be the starter. But uh, I mean, he's already twenty eight years old. We shall see how Mariota rebounds, though. That's the real question here. I think Mariota has, you know, obviously he has the chance to finally be a number one quarterback, you know, far and away in a in a team that is, you know, looking for one uh, has been kind of on the fence about their quarterback and car for a while, but he also has to, you know, he really has to finally take that next step. And it wasn't that he didn't take that next step for lack of opportunity. He really just never was able to step up in an offense that was largely run based. Um, they, 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 they didn't rely on him all that much and they still couldn't make that next step as a team. Now, whether that was, um, coaches adapting to Ryan Tannehill when he comes in knowing what he is, not expecting Mariota being that highly touted prospect out of college. Maybe they expect it more out of him. So they gave him more options to throw. And But when Ryan Tannehill comes in, they're like, all right, this is Ryan Tannehill. Let's let's really ha- lay the run on heavy. I don't know. I, I, I haven't looked at the, the run-pass splits over the past couple of years for the Titans. But uh, – it's definitely it's it's interesting. I mean, what more can I say about that one? Um, and one last, I mean, we got some more quarterback stuff we're going to talk about, but the one last big move is Nick Foles to the Bears for a fourth round pick. First of all, the Jags have stockpiled twelve picks, which we're going to wrap around to in a second. 
Uh, that's huge. They're going into rebuild mood mode in a, in an excellent way, doing it as the Dolphins did it uh, quickly and you know full 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 force. Get rid of everybody. Give me draft picks. But we'll get back to that. But Nick Foles gets his. I would just gonna say his last shot at being a starting quarterback. He gets in a very good environment for him. I think he is back with Trey Burton. Not that Trey Burton is. You know, a star player, but the familiarity, they were part of that same group that, uh, for, I don't really remember why this is, but they, they were like the church group, the prayer group that they had on the team. They were, they were a part of that. And we know how important that stuff is to Nick Foles. Um, so that'll put him in a good, good position, you know, mentally. And then we have that defense on the bears that it's legit. It's a, it's a defense that can carry a team with the right offense, you know, just doing just enough. And we've seen Nick Foles be able to do that. Uh, Nick Foles is good in spurts, and then and then rough. If, if they can, you know, weather the storm on the the streaks of him being bad, and he gets hot at the right time, who knows what can happen? I think he is. We've seen what he is. When when he's good, he's excellent. When he's good, he's damn near unstoppable. But it's not something you can count on him being good, uh, good like that. So in in a situation like Chicago, he doesn't have to be that good all the time. He can be that game manager and then when, you know, rely on the defense, run the ball, uh, get 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 the checkdowns and everything, but really just rely on that defense. And when it comes time for him, to, when he, he starts throwing and he, he hits a long pass and he starts feeling it, you can open that pass game up. You know he can do it when, when he's feeling it. So for him, it seems to be... You know, it's always been a matter of momentum and streaks with him, and I don't imagine that changes now. Uh, I really hope he gets – he's in a much better environment than he was in Jacksonville. Much happier to see him there than I was in Jacksonville. Not that that offense is great, but I like Nagy. That defense is solid, and the offense is is workable. With the, I mean, Mitch Trubisky is a disaster. I don't know what they're going to do with him if, if he even – is their backup plan if they bring in somebody else for a backup for Trubisky. He's just a disaster. So it it can only go up for the Bears. The Bears the Bears should be good with a competent quarterback. I find it a little bit interesting that the Bears went after Foles and not one of these other guys uh, as in um uh Cam Newton specifically, but also Jameis, maybe even Derek Carr. Um but they're in win now mode and out of all those guys, only one of them has a Super Bowl. And that is Nikki Foles, of course, as we will all remember forever. So that puts them in a, in a much better position as far as I'm concerned. I don't know if it's enough to, you know, really make a playoff push in a Super Bowl. But, I mean, I, I kind of I I hesitate to say, you know, we've seen Foles do it before because I do think that at the end of the day was, was, was destiny. But that year was destiny all parts involved in the Eagles uh it really seemed like it all the way through those playoffs once once Foles turned it back on again after uh after the regular season started to wind down but you can't discount what he did on the field he showed up and beat the New England Patriots the best team in any sport of our lifetime uh well yeah the best team in any sport of our lifetime and the only other guy who's ever done that is Eli Manning and it goes to show what Nick Foles can do in the right situation. And they're putting him in a situation where he doesn't need to do that. If he does it, they're winning. If he hits one of those seven-game, I-can't-be-stopped streaks, and he hits it at the right time, they have a defense to to beat anybody. Uh, and I'm not talking about the Bears being the best team in the league or anything, but if all things are firing, you know, all cylinders are firing, they're dangerous. They're super dangerous. And I think Nick Foles really gives them that that element of, you know, it felt like they had a great team last year and they were just being bogged down by Trubisky. And I know that's definitely an exaggeration. That, that That's probably, if you go back and look at the numbers, there are a lot more to it. But it all stems, we all know, it all stems from the quarterback, you know. Quarterback not playing well, that gets the defense on the field more, defense on the field more, gets the defense tired, and the defense production numbers go down. It's all attached to the quarterback. So having a guy like Foles, who has you know playoff Super Bowl experience, um, really knows what he's doing, plays the right type of football for what they're looking for, you know, isn't scrambling around. Um, he he knows how to stay in the pocket and 
and uh, get rid of the ball when he needs to. I think it, I think it's an excellent move. Um, I don't know if I would have done it over trying to bring Cam Newton in, but I could see how he, in their eyes, would be the safer play for them because of his style of play, his experience, um, and his kind of like unflappability. Like he seems very calm, cool, collected. Uh, I mean, if that Philly Philly clip shows you nothing else when he runs over to Peterson, it's how calm he is and what was the most important moment of his life so far, you know, minus getting, having children or whatever he may include up there. I think, I'm sorry, I, uh, I have the Eagles miracle at the Meadowlands, Meadowlands part two on just playing in there. I need, I need some sports or I'm going to go through withdrawal. But uh, yeah, so Foles couldn't be happy for that move. Glad he's out of Jacksonville. Glad he doesn't have to stick with a team that's clearly tanking now. Uh, although they're doing a good job of tanking. But uh, good for him. Good for them. It's a good move. Uh, Dak Prescott franchise tag. A lot of people thought that was going to be uh, meaning that Amari Cooper was gone, but they re-signed him at five years, $100 million. That's a, 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 a pretty pretty substantial contract. I mean, we all know he won't see the whole thing just the way NFL contracts work. And uh, But Dak franchise, he's coming back. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that uh, that continues to move because Dak's still asking for an ungodly amount of money for a guy who is middle tier in the NFL as far as I'm concerned. Um, yes, the Cowboys had the most passing yards in the league last year, but let's be honest. They were not the best offense. Dak was not the best quarterback by any means, but sometimes that stuff happens, especially when you're down a lot or up a lot and there's a lot of garbage time. Uh, Case Keenum, I think, is... Another 18, he's got 18 million, three years, 18 million to go be um, a solid backup in Cleveland for Baker. Um, and Chase Daniels stays in the league. That guy, that guy will be around for forever. Very impressive. Um, I kind of want to talk about, there's only a couple teams at this point that need quarterbacks too. And I'm talking about it in relation to Cam and Jameis Winston. Because I think both of those guys, it would be crazy to think that Cam wasn't a starting quarterback in the NFL next year. Jameis less so, but still, there is a hell of a lot of potential there with Jameis Winston. The reason I can't stand Jameis Winston so much is because he's so talented. And I was so excited for him when he came into the league that I was very disappointed. And since then, he's he's been ruined for me. But uh, so much potential there between those two. But, but when we look at the teams that need quarterbacks, you got your Chargers, you know, losing Phillip Rivers, Steelers... Uh, they obviously have Big Ben coming back, but we know that's a fluid situation. Uh, Big Ben will be back, but he's been hurt the last couple of years, and they don't really have anybody behind him. Um, so you got your Chargers as a solid one. You got your Jags. They're tanking. They're not going to want to bring in those guys. Um, they'll, they'll, they'll rock with Minshew, and whatever happens, happens. Um, then you got Denver. You got the Bengals, who still have Andy Dalton. I think they still have Andy Dalton. God, who knows? Uh, he might even be a free agent. But um, you got Denver, the Bengals, and you got Miami, who's drafting a quarterback, and then you have the Patriots. So there's only like four in the Chargers, Jags, Denver, and the Patriots because the Bengals and Miami are drafting, and you still have Roethlisberger and the Steelers, and, and I don't think I'm forgetting anybody else. So that's four teams that need a quarterback. Um, out of those four teams, the... Jags are tanking, so that leaves the Chargers, Denver, and the Patriots. The Chargers are absolutely an option for both those guys. Um, Denver, I, I, I have no idea what's going on in Denver. I don't think John Elway knows what's going on in Denver. Uh, if I was him, I would be trying to get one of them on the phone right now, bring him in as quick as possible, uh, but not yet, no word yet. And then the Patriots, which is you know almost the, the the most interesting. We talked about it earlier, but what are the Patriots going to do at quarterback? Are they bringing the guy up next in line like they do with every other position? It seems crazy when you're dropping off from Tom Brady. Uh, you know, arguably the well, without a doubt, the most successful quarterback in the history of the sport. Um, to bring in just the next guy off the bench, but I also don't see Belichick going for guys like. Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. I think that those type of guys, 
and Cam Newton to a lesser extent are in Bill Belichick's eyes, they're liabilities on the field. A guy who's going to go out there and score two touchdowns, but throw two interceptions is useless to him. Uh, he wants a guy that's going to throw one touchdown and no interceptions and he'll run the ball the rest of the game or he'll get a pick six. So it's a really interesting dynamic there in the fact that there are two, I'm going to say one and a half viable starting quarterbacks, legit starting quarterbacks out there. And one of the main openings is the Patriots and it's Bill Belichick, so, I mean, who knows? Maybe he'll trade up to the top of the draft and take another quarterback. He'll take Burrow or Tua. Or maybe he gets the kid from uh, Colorado. I think it's Colorado. Um, I don't know. There's so many things for him to do, and I think everybody's kind of waiting to see what he does there because, for me, that's I can't imagine he just comes back next year and concedes the season. Like, he's old enough. He's had the greatest run in the history of the sport with Brady. If, if he was going to concede a season then why not just retire with Brady? Why not retire as Brady leaves? And I know that's not a, it's not a Belichick way, but that's why I don't think he's going to you know come out there with a next guy up mentality in the quarterback position. I think he has to go out and get somebody. And right now it's James Winston, Cam Newton, Derek Carr in the draft. So we'll see what uh, – or some you know ungodly move that um, – the Patriots can make, which, as we know, Belichick always has something up his sleeve. I'm sure he has a plan, but we are all waited, waiting with bated breath. So I am uh, could not be more excited to hear when that news breaks. But let's get some other news off the table. Um, got lots of stuff that happened. I'm kind of going to hit a couple stories and then speed through some stuff. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins trade. That is like... I could have led with the show with that. That was... Unbelievable! I can't believe it when I saw that. I've been texting people the last 24 hours. What the hell? Some stories start to come out about why, and it's pretty damning on Bill O'Brien's part, a guy who definitely didn't need more negative press. Uh, the whole city of Houston, I'm sure, is not fan, a fan of him as it is now. I'm sure there'll be a, a full-on mutiny. But Bill O'Brien trades DeAndre Hopkins for... David Johnson, a second-round pick, and a fourth-round pick next year. Now, for reference, Odell was traded last year for a first, a second, and some other, and and change. So, unless you think David Johnson is a first-round pick, which he isn't, he's like equivalent to like, I wouldn't trade a fourth-round pick for David Johnson right now. Literally, I would not trade a fourth-round, because why? Every year, four, five, six running backs get drafted in the first three or four rounds, that wind up being studs for two years. David Johnson hasn't been a stud in three years, although he was a top running back in the league. That's like that's a draft you'd make in fantasy if you didn't pay attention the last two seasons and you're trying to jump back. You're like, oh, David Johnson, he's a stud. No, no, David Johnson's not a stud. David Johnson's a washed running back, which there are a million of in this league and which has become the most taboo position in the league to pay. And rightfully so. So, story comes out a little bit, comes out today, reported by Michael Irving initially, who has, he has a close relationship with Hopkins, as he does you know, a lot of the wide receivers in the league. Apparently, Bell, or, uh, Bill O'Brien had issues with how um, DeAndre Hopkins' relationship in the locker room was with guys, his style of being a locker room leader. For whatever reason, he didn't get into that specifically. But he calls him in the office, and he goes, the only other time I've had to call a guy in the office for a situation like this was Aaron Hernandez. What? Why would you? What? It doesn't make any sense why you would ever say that to somebody in, in, in your right mind. We all know what happened to Aaron Hernandez. We all know that... I, I don't even know. It's flabbergasting. I'm at a loss for words, and I've had 24 hours to think about it. And he proceeds to tell him he doesn't like having his baby mamas around. Which, I I mean, I guess if it's a real big problem, that's all right. But based on everything I know about this situation and based on everything I know about Bill O'Brien, I'm guessing it was just Bill O'Brien being insane. The Aaron Hernandez thing, I can't even fathom how anyone would say that in their right mind who had a job. Um, He's lucky he doesn't get fired just right for that. 
Uh, That's an unbelievable thing to say. If true, it's alleged so far, but DeAndre Hopkins, I can't say he doesn't have a reason to lie because, you know, he did just get nixed by his team, but he seems like a pretty, pretty trustworthy guy. And I have every, every reason to believe him over Bill O'Brien in this situation. It's, it's, it's just, it sounds too eerily true. And it would be a weird thing to lie about. Also, <laughs> there's that because it's an insane thing to somebody to say. If it wasn't true, I think it would be pretty quickly uh, denounced. But we haven't heard anything from the, the Texans side yet. But they traded DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the best wide receiver in the league, inarguably a top three wide receiver in the league. No one can dispute that for a bag of potato chips. Uh, they traded him for, I just watched Semi Pro, they traded him for the washing machine. So, uh, I'm sorry if you're a Houston fan. If you're a Texans fan, I, I deeply, deeply apologize. I send you my sincerest condolences. And uh, I hope you can somehow get the public in such a tizzy that they storm the complexes and force Bill O'Brien to be be fired. Because that is, uh, that's malpractice at this point. Uh, it's ups- I'm, I'm getting upset talking about it. Uh, but let's let, let's move on in that case. We nobody nobody wants that. Um, Stefan Diggs. This is a move that made sense. Stefan Diggs. Well, it made sense equal equal parts wise. Stefan Diggs in a second for a first, a fifth, a sixth, and a fourth round pick next year to the Bills. The Bills also grabbed Josh Norman for a one year, six million dollar deal, which I love. Um, but Stefan Diggs giving Josh Allen, your young quarterback, a weapon like that. It's invaluable, invaluable. And Stefan Diggs is, you know, there's there's really nobody in the league like him right now as far as the way that he streaks down the field. He's kind of like a younger Deshaun Jackson. Um, not quite that level of speed, but he's up there. And I, th- I just think that's a great move. You don't give up too much. Uh, you, you give up that first-round pick, but you do get the second back, and I think that's huge. I think getting that second back is huge because you give up four draft picks to get digs and one of them's a first, but getting that second back makes it all that much better. Cause you kinda you kinda cancel out. You know, Stefan Diggs for a first and then the second for the fifth, sixth, and fourth uh rounders next year. So that 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 makes uh that makes it a lot easier for me. Um giving up all those picks may have been a little steep, but getting that second back makes it an easy decision for me. And as I said a second ago, Josh Norman, one year, six million. I love that move. Josh Norman has been very underwhelming his whole term with the Redskins. Maybe the first year was solid, but since then been rough. Um, but to put him on the opposite side of Tredavious white and just have him take the scraps, you know, take the other guy for a change. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great for Josh Norman. I think he comes out of this year maybe with a bigger contract um, for wherever he goes. But I think the Bills' defense just got a, 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 a real solid player to plug in. And with, with not too much, they're not going to have to ask him to do you know what the Redskins were doing. He'll be back into that role of where he was on that you know really good defense in um, Carolina where he was you know one of the best cornerbacks in the league. So... It'll be really... I'm excited for that. Uh, I think that defense is going to be... And the defense was already talented as hell. But now it's going to be real talented. Um, and I'm a big... I, I like Josh Norman. He's uh, had his run-ins with the Eagles. But I, I would say I'm a fan. Uh, AJ Green franchised. Uh, free AJ Green. That's terrible. I feel absolutely terrible for AJ Green. Uh, I wish he would get out of there. I wish they would be forced to let him leave. Because his whole career at this point has just been wasted. Um, you know, at least maybe he'll have Burrow to throw to this year, but that's still another year of having a rookie quarterback figuring himself out why A.J. Green gets another year older. So that's that's a damn shame. But uh, Amari Cooper, that's a big NFC East deal. Five years, $100 million, huge deal, uh, 20 per. If you can't do that math. Um, but, you know, he'll never see that whole five-year $100 million contract. No, no, no NFL contracts get that long. But good move by the Cowboys. Excellent move. You do not want to lose a player like that. You franchise Dak, so a lot of people thought that meant Amari was going. But that's not the case. He's staying. And uh, 
th- th- they'll be bringing back that offense that uh that was did lead the league for a time in passing last year. Although they weren't the most efficient offense in the league, they did uh they did have some highs. Austin Eckler gets uh, his big extension um, over Melvin Gordon, who sat out last year. Eckler gets four years, $24.5 million. That's a solid deal. It's a lot for a running back, but it's not a ton. It's reasonable, in my opinion. That's a reasonable deal for a uh, – because, as I just said, he's not going to see a four years, $24 million. He'll see two years, $12 million, and then they'll cut him and restructure or they'll trade him or something. Uh, it's just unlikely that he sees that whole deal. On the defensive side of the ball, Calais Campbell for a fifth had to be re-signed, so they got him cheap to the Ravens. Uh, that's another Jags move, you know, piling up on a fifth and getting an extra fifth-rounder pick. They also trade A.J. Boye, this happened a bit ago, um, to the Broncos for a fourth-round pick, so that's two picks right there. That's Couldn't be more clear that they're uh, really, really phoning it in for this season. Um, another move I like Gerald McCoy to the Cowboys for three years, eighteen point three million. That's kind of a prove it. You're in your later days of your career. Um, to Forrest Buckner, to the Colts, that was a big trade. Gave up the thirteenth overall pick. The Colts did send it to San Francisco. Be really interesting to see what San Francisco does if they want to go out and get one of those wide receivers. I haven't read up. I might be missing something a glaring need that they need, but. San Francisco is. I mean, we already saw what San Francisco can do. So they need offensive line, cornerback, and wide receiver. So my guess would be they're they're making a move up to get a get a wide receiver, um, unless there's some stud offensive lineman that I'm missing. Malcolm Jenkins, I hate to say this, it pains me to say this, but Malcolm Jenkins to the Saints, it's a shame. Um, he was absolutely one of my favorite Eagles the whole time he was here. Uh, he will forever be one of my favorite Eagles. Uh, he was one of the best leaders in the community and role models for everybody, um, not just for kids. I think he, you know, uh, really showed how to just be a great person all around, whether you're 10 years old, wanting to be a professional athlete, or you're a 22-year-old college student who, you know, sees Malcolm doing what he does, going to Congress while he's an NFL millionaire. Um, and fighting for his community and stuff. Whether you agree with the the means that he did that, there were a lot of contention over the years about that, but he was always involved in his community. He was always involved in this community. He has already said he's not leaving Philadelphia. He's playing for the Saints. He lives in Philadelphia. That's that. Um, so that I couldn't be couldn't be more happy about that. Um, I want to talk about the Miami Dolphins, though, before I get out of here. I guess let me talk about the Eagles real quick. The Eagles bring in, um, oh my God. Eagles bring in, you think the one the one team I had taken notes on. Oh, wow, this is weird. Sorry, guys, just getting it together. So the Eagles bring in another defensive tackle, of course. Why not? In Javon Hargraves. Um, three years, $39 million deal. Uh, he's a nose tackle, which doesn't quite, you know, fit ours, but to put him opposite of Fletcher Cox, the power in the middle there, there's not enough guys on offensive line in history to stop that. You still got Malik Jackson, uh, who's had all indications of that. He's coming back and, uh, that defensive line, if one of these years they all stay healthy, it's going to be as lethal as any defensive line I can remember. And, uh, you know, you still have BG there. Barnett, I, I I will say I would have preferred if they had made that move for a D end, but when you're bringing in a guy like Hargrave, younger guy too, um, they did guarantee a lot of the money. Twenty six out of thirty nine million dollars is guaranteed, so that's a lot. That's hefty, but when all is said and done, defensive line. If there's one thing that we've been drilled into our head as Eagles fans our whole life is draft, pick up, pay, offensive, defensive line. And Howie's remained remain strong with that through his whole tenure. We have a Super Bowl. I, I'm not going to complain about that. Um, it's not nearly our glaring needs, but we know every year this is going to happen. Howie is going to go out. He's going to pay a, a, a defensive lineman or an offensive lineman. And I, I'm fine with it. We, we still have, obviously, I mean, we don't have a damn linebacker on the roster at this point. <laughs> it's not true, but we're, it's pretty close. We lost uh, Kamu Grugier-Hill. Um, he signed somewhere I'm blanking on. 
Um, and we don't wide receivers and quarterbacks are still a glaring need. And wide receiver, I expect them to go full full bore ahead in the uh, in the draft. But cornerback, the the market is thin. I mean, we still have Darius Slay on the market, but as far as I know, at least I haven't checked in a couple hours. But uh, losing out on Byron Jones sucked, uh, and that is going to transition into uh, the Dolphins in a second. But we re-signed Rodney McLeod, two years, $12 million. A lot cheaper than we had him for. Happy to have him back. Solid. And Jalen Mills, one-year, $5 million deal with incentives. But a move to safety, which I, I do like. That'll be the, the replacement for Malcolm Jenkins. Um, I'm excited to see what Jalen Mills can do in that position. Uh, I mean, it, it gives us one more glaring hole at quarterback, of course. But I think uh, Jalen Mills can really step up to the plate there. Him lacking, you know, some speed and getting beat on those early moves, putting him in that safety position that that could be very advantageous to his his growth. Advantageous? Maybe maybe not advantageous. Maybe I'm using words bigger than I know. Um, but I think it could be good for Jalen Mills for sure. I, I'm I'm very intrigued by that. I like that. Um, whether it works out or not, we shall see. But I do really like the uh, the deal. And then one last thing that I really want to talk about is Miami. And they spent some picks this year, so they don't have as many picks as I've been talking about them having, but this is what the picks were for. Um, tons tons of picks. They bring in Eric Flowers, who we all know has not been, you know, what he was supposed to be as a first-round draft pick. But if you're not expecting him to be your end-all, be-all, like the Giants did, as your only, uh, you know, he was better when he got to the Patriots, of course, as everyone is. Uh, they bring in Byron Jones, the hot name. Five years, $82 million. Uh, how could you not love that? Bring in Shaq Lawson and Kyle Van Noy, the middle linebacker out of uh, the Patriots. I just think that absolutely, absolutely have improved their team exponentially. And then you've got tons of draft picks coming in. You have the opportunity to draft Tua or wait another year and trade up and get your guy next year if you want Trevor Lawrence or something. I think all in all, though, they are sitting as pretty as you could considering their record every year. You know, they're, they're, I'm not going to say they're sitting in the best place in the league because, of course, they're not. But for what they have been and what seems to be the plan, they're executing it beautifully. They brought in tons of talent this year. They should be bringing in a quarterback. I would imagine they're going to draft Tua. You have Ryan Fitzpatrick still at the helm to cover that transition period. A guy, A, you know can win, and B, you know is all right slotting back into that. I mean, I'm sure he's not thrilled about it, but he's all right slotting back into that backup when it's time. Backup Tua. And, uh, you know, three, you have that quarterback ready to go if you're ready for him. You have that option to draft that quarterback whenever you are ready for it. Even if it's not this year, you have the picks to, no doubt about it, move up next year. You may have to pay a king's ransom, but you can do it. So, for me, the Dolphins, Dolphins are one of the most exciting things teams right now. I love that. I love uh, what the Bills have done. The Cardinals have just gotten a lot better. Getting Kyler Murray and number one wide receiver like that, huge, huge. We talked about it with Stephon Diggs going to the Bills already for Josh Allen. Same thing for Kyler Murray. You're getting him DeAndre Hopkins, that is amazing. That will help his growth so much. And I think that uh, between him and Larry Fitzgerald, it could be, I mean, if, if Kyler Murray is what he's supposed to be, that could be one of the best passing games in the league. Uh, that's, that's excellent. Um, Chicago got better. Uh, the Colts got better. Just those two teams de facto by their quarterbacks. And the Bucks too. I mean, Tom Brady is. He's, he's, he's you know, the best. Uh, I don't expect him to be the best at this year, but he, he is the best for all intents and purposes. So um, you had a couple teams get, get worse. You know, the Jags doing it on purpose. Chargers leaving Phillip Rivers to unnamed quarterback at the time. That sucks. And then the Texans just botching one of the best wide receivers in the game. Just I'm sick to my stomach about that deal. Sick to my stomach. It just every part of that was an embarrassment for the Houston Texans organization. And the fact that Bill O'Brien is their GM coach is is unfathomable. But I digress. That is just about all I got for you guys today. I came in super quick, so I hope I wasn't too all over the place. Um but it was a lot of fun. I plan on doing this again a lot. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. It's going to be weird with no sports. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. 
Uh, I love music. I like watching a lot of movies, watch a lot of Netflix. So maybe we'll do some uh, some movie reviews, some album reviews. Uh, maybe we'll talk to some people uh, uh, around around the city, around around the country. You know, seeing seeing how everybody's dealing with the uh, the lockdowns, the various lockdowns, quarantines. I hope everybody's staying safe, though. Everybody is uh, staying by themselves. <laughs> you know, not not too much contact. And uh, thanks for uh, checking in on the podcast. This was uh, what was I talking about? And we will be back next week, guys. Thank you. Sleep inside the coffin rest. I'm able to put your murder on tape and keep a wanting a cassette. Bring pain to fang sink. Remain the same drink. Legs engraved in gangrene. It's a hanging. The vampire satire pass fire dried spats of life alive drag slaps of eyeballs. A poor choice is informing the news. The portion consume when the organs remove more food. Quench the thirst next to serve. No extra germs your ex. There's no more left of her. Dinner plates fill the table, still unable to have a person save you as I eat into your navel. Wrap a cable around your neck, slash your ankles. Tackle you as you ran away, getting fatal. The wrath is a night of fire flares. Say goodbye when you walk into the vampire's lair. When you walk through the chambers of the vampire lair, you stand and fight in fear, no chance to hide in here. Uh-huh.